Hello, and welcome to the Bomb Squad. This is our summer of guests, and this is writer-director Andrew Hada, and I'm here with my co-host, Joshua Epp, and we are the Bomb Squad. We also have our guest here, who's also a filmmaker. I'm going to say filmmaker because he has a lot of hats. <laughs> He's done a lot of things, <laughs> even on our stuff. Yeah. Uh, William, William Murdoch, how are you? Very, very good. How are you guys doing? I'm good. Yeah, whatever, you yeah. know, life. Yeah, another day. Yeah. We we originally started this podcast to end at the end of the coronavirus, but now it will never end, so yeah. good for our fans. <laughs> right, keep the variants coming. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so as you guys know by this point, we've, re- we've released our films, Borderland and The Last Ones, from Bayview Entertainment. And actually, William worked on both films. He's also worked on The Empty Space, which I always talk about, but mm-hmm. we're not talking about that right now. We're talking about Borderland <laughs> and The Last Ones. William, on The Last Ones, you were editor. And on right. Borderland, you were the mu- you composed. You composed all the music. Mm-hmm. Yes, so for The Last Ones, what was your main takeaway from editing the film? I think it was like the first time any of us had edited like such a big project or even worked on like a feature. Yeah. I think it was like how, how scenes like combine with each other and just kind of like how to build momentum more because with the, the last ones, it was, um, you know, it was, you kind of knew where you wanted it to go. Like the emotions of the scene were generally pretty downtrodden and tense with like some happiness sprinkled here and there. But with the empty space, it was kind of like, the emotions were a lot more complex. Right. And so when you revealed something, you could have you could have revealed things at many different times throughout the film to varying degrees. And it still would have made sense, but it was like finding the way to like reveal things in like the best way and like how to build up the scenes like emotional intensity as opposed to just like kind of like action intensity. It's kind of right. like we really focused on more on this one than I remember doing on the last ones, I think. Yeah, and I think like one of the things that I appreciated the most is that I remember like when we saw the first cut of the last ones, and it was like three hours long. Yeah, but it, it was like edited so well that it didn't feel like at the point it was like, oh well, it doesn't feel like anything, <laughs> anything yeah. needs to be taken out. But we were right. able to like obviously we had to condense it down because it was three hours long. Um, yeah, several times like, I think we cut it down like three times. Yeah, I think we cut it down like almost by half. But and yeah, yeah, but it was like that crazy thing where it's like you think like when you hear about these how they go from three hour cuts to like an hour and a half, you think that like the director's like, Oh, we gotta cut out these huge segments. But it's not really. It's like you cut out little part here, little part there, and you like it makes it flow better and then you eventually yeah. there's no like, oh, this cut is garbage, we're gonna fix it. Like one of my yeah, George Lucas. Start all the way over, yeah, no way. Yeah. So it, yeah, it was funny. I I don't think I ever like when I before, I didn't realize that that's how editing was. Where it's like sometimes you do have to take a hatchet, but sometimes it's little chisels. Yeah, it's just trimming fat. And as for Borderland, she did the music on. What made you? What was your thoughts on getting into the music? And like, why did you? Why did you pick the sound you went for? Oh, I remember at the time it was kind of like, like most crime dramas, kind of were. It wasn't like Stranger Things music where it was like super synthy, but it was like kind of like how Drive kind of like started that like sort of like nighttime sort of, you know, 
slow, weird, kind of intense music. And I feel like most action movies were kind of doing that for a few years. And so that's kind of like where I drew a lot of inspiration, which is kind of what was happening from around that time. And it just, you know, it sounds scary and dark and like the whole movie just takes place at nighttime. And so it's just like, what music would you listen to if you were actually in this <laughs> death-defying scene in right, real life? Right. Yeah. Just like fast-paced yeah. kind of techno-ish kind of stuff. Yeah, I feel like it had a good like feel of like how kind of how it feels like this kind of aimless aimless wandering too. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the two movies. Once we release Empty Space, we'll talk a little bit about that one. But let's get into our movie of the week. And William this week picked Twister. Now, yeah. Twister is the 1996 film directed by John DeBont, and it was written by Michael Crichton, which I thought was funny. Yeah. And it wasn't based on his book. He was just like, oh, let me write this book about, I mean, <laughs> let me just write this movie about Twisters. Yeah. It's funny, and too, because it, uh, it was touched up by Joss Whedon, and once you know that, you're like, I can see the scenes where he touched it up. Oh, all, all the all the team scenes. All the yeah. very, yeah, very creepy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it stars Carrie Yules in a in a yeah. playing against type because he's usually like the, yeah, the charming the, leading man, right? Southern nice accents guy. that he's trying with. Yeah, so. yeah, <laughs> unrealized, unrealized. <laughs> yeah, it sounds so because like it's not just that Carrie Yules uh, look or sounds British; it's that he looks like a British person. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, he looks like the Air guy type. from The Simpsons who's like stealing Homer's sugar for his tea. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah and it okay and it also stars uh well philip seymour hoffman you forget that yeah. philip seymour hoffman right. like for a long time he was like just the funny sidekick yeah the goofy yeah guy. it's like when did the transition to like being the dr- dramatic best actor in most movies he's in like when did that happen because uh, you know, i don't think capote hard. probably i think capote was the first time he was like character and star I think yeah. it's like where he like really became like a leading man. But I kind of think that it's a little bit like John C. Riley, where he just always switched back and forth. Because I remember like he was oh, in Capote and then he was in like Boogie Nights, which is kind of like a mix of both. But then he was in Along Came Polly as like the funny best. Oh, yeah. Again. It's like you don't have <laughs> yeah. to do this anymore. <laughs> right. You're, You're no longer the child starved asshole. You, you can just <laughs> yeah. be in Schenectady, New York if you want. That's, yeah. Yeah. Right. You can draw <laughs> me into your world of Schenectady, New York. Yeah. Um, and it stars the uh, main lead as Helen Hunt and the late great Bill Paxton. Right. right. So, Josh, why don't you give us a plot synopsis of Twister? Um, a team of storm chasers chases a storm. Cool. But give it, <laughs> give it from the point of view of that girl who had to get Helen Hunt a lot of coffees. Uh, a pain in the ass. Yeah. <laughs> a pain in the ass woman makes me lose my house. It's very yeah. funny. Like, I was actually thinking about that during this movie because... I was like, man, all these like random people who live in rural Oklahoma having to deal with multiple steam like teams of storm chasers like constantly like showing up. I would hate them too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So, William, why did you pick? Also, I just want to say that it's cool that you picked Twister because 
it's like so far it's like i think one of the oldest films that we've that the guests have picked they always pick early 2000 ones oh it's kind of cool to go back but why did you pick twister well it's like i feel like twister was like one of like the main movies i watched as a kid and like like i had my vhs for like twister and jurassic park and the mummy and like men in black and like though i just i always had those movies like with me if i went somewhere and like i just watched them constantly and whenever i met leslie uh for the audience that is my wife uh we went and saw twister at like a little drive-in theater and it just kind of like reinvigorated my love for it a little bit and i don't know i just realized like how formative that was and like it kind of like deciding my tastes for like later on and everything like just intense action you know supreme entertainment like it's kind of like jurassic park in that way where it's like every moment it's just like so good like it's all just like it never stops being just like this silly ball to the wall action movie and i like i still love that to this day like john wick is like that it just begins never stops and it's just kick-ass the whole time yeah i i think one of the things that i enjoyed rewatching it because yeah it is funny that it doesn't really get talked about that much considering how like much everyone watched Twister. Like it had like the yeah. kind of significance of like the matrix where there was so many jokes about like events that were happening from Twister, just like in the, in the zeitgeist of America. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of disappeared, which is funny, but yeah, one of the things right. that I really noticed was like, yeah, I think especially with you talking about Jurassic Park and men in black, it's just how different our blockbusters have changed. Cause I mean, right. these movies are blockbusters, but like, if you look at the main characters where like, it's like Bill Paxton, he's like, uh, he, he plays like an ex storm chaser. Who's going to be a weatherman. And then yeah. Ellen Hunt is a current storm chaser. And she's like kind of obsessed with like getting it. And she is willing to like throw her life away just to figure out how to stop the tornadoes or at least figure out how to understand them. Right. And it's like, oh yeah, these are completely different characters than anyone else that was coming out in nineteen in the nineteen nineties. Yeah. You know, like it's just totally. such a. It's also like is... the, the the dynamic between them is interesting because I didn't remember most of this because I hadn't seen it since I was a kid. But like, she she won't sign the divorce papers not because she's like hates him, but because she like thinks he's like lying to himself about what he's passionate about. And it's like in any other movie, it would be a guy refusing to sign one for his wife because he's evil. And I was like, that's so, it's so weird to like flip that and also have it not be a negative, like villain quality, you know? Well, I I thought about like, cause she very much plays like the Chris Pratt role from Lost World where she's kind of like, oh, are you really gonna, like, you really want to go back to the corporate world? Like, don't you want to live out on the edge? Yeah. And I appreciated it that, like, it was a woman who was doing this as opposed to, like... Cause, I mean, they could have done it with the opposite way with Bill Paxton not wanting to sign it, but I feel like it would have been too cliched. Or make yeah. it Helen Hunt. It kind of adds a new dynamic. Because, yeah, she, she's almost like... She doesn't want to sign it because she just wants him out there, which is an interesting, like, way to... Yeah. Like, to and they, it, what's funny about that, too, is that they do... Because Bill Paxton's there with his, you know, like, new fiancé. And they do mm-hmm. present her as uh, like, it's like, look at this clueless buffoon. But it's like, no, she's the only smart one in the movie. You shouldn't be doing any yeah. of this. <laughs> this <is laughs> yeah. This but I also bad. think it was interesting. Life. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like there was a couple of times where she's like, yeah, I want to go. I'd be like, no, I would I would have already left like so many <laughs> yeah. times. 
and she's just like breaking down crying and like actually going through like all of this trauma and yeah bill patrick's just like oh are you okay like i totally <laughs> forgot you were here yeah and, and like, like and then because she has like a job as like a therapist and they're yeah. like what a ridiculous job it's like you guys are literally driving yeah. into tornadoes <laughs> i don't know right she's like a millionaire probably yeah and i I really like that they made her into a therapist because again they could have gone with oh she's just a dumb bimbo like she could have yeah. been like the the meteorologist would have been the cliched uh job description but right. they make her job. smart yeah. and they make her like so she's almost the one who kind of comes to realization that not only does helen hunt still love bill paxton but Bill yeah. Paxton still kind of loves Helen Hunt, or at least the life that he left. The life behind. in Helen Hunt, yeah, right. yeah. yeah. And like um, she just she just realizes it and like doesn't make a big deal. She's just like, you know what, fuck this. Like, you got to go do you. I'm never gonna. I'm not gonna change you, and I don't really need you that much. I have a lot going on for myself, and I will make my own way. Yeah, I'm super attractive, and I'm also a millionaire. So you have yeah, fun so... with whatever you're doing. <laughs> yeah, go drive. Have fun mud. dying in the next few years. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, because that's the Everyone's only. Everyone's gonna forget about tornadoes after Twister, anyways. So your job <laughs> yeah. is over. Also, you know what I also thought about, which was funny, is that um, I remember when Twister came out, they were like. Oh, there'd be like this movie's so unrealistic. They would never have that many twisters that close together. And then like global warming was like, well, let's see what we can do. Oh yeah, <laughs> we'll answer that yeah. call, you. Yeah. <laughs> let's make that into a reality, Bill Paxton. <laughs> yeah, which I thought was like, it was yeah, like... It, it was because I mean I know that was a major thing at the time where they were like, oh, that would never happen. There wouldn't be that many tornadoes. And then like this summer yeah. alone, there was like four tornadoes in a row. Right. Right. So yeah, yeah, I thought that was funny. Yeah, and I feel like around that time period too, like we were kind of like obsessed with like destruction of major mm-hmm. cities. Like there was this movie and there's like Independence Day and like Titanic, which was one boat, but still. But we really then, like, liked to see shit get destroyed, yeah. Yeah, we were like really into that in that time period. And like even up to like the day after tomorrow, like that was that was like so cool back then, like just blowing all that shit up. And I think it had a lot to do with the fact that this was like when surround sound was getting real good. Cause I remember watching Twist, yeah. and we even watched it like at the shitty dollar theaters, but like mm-hmm. that opening scene where it's just, you're in the tornado. They, oh, like the yeah. whole theater would shake. <laughs> to time. Yeah. Dude, the sound of that movie was so good. Yeah. Like it's like, it, it, it sounds like, uh, like this, that first tornado and like all the lightning and everything. Like it sounded like they used like, raptor sounds from like yeah i noticed that monsters. yeah with the with yeah. like it would have been tornadoes actually coming for the dad yeah it, it yeah it's very like, like animalistic yeah yeah it's cool it's, and i remember seeing that in theaters whenever like the dad gets taken by the tornado like that has been like burned onto my brain like since that day <laughs> like that was yeah. just such like a harrowing scene and it's, and it's so just, funny oh! like yeah <laughs> it's so funny how it's because the movie is pretty like I mean, there's definitely destruction, but it's pretty lighthearted as, like, you're never super worried about them. Like, you always think they're going to be smart enough to get out of it. Right. But, like, that opening scene kind of shows you how bad the tornadoes can get, you know? And I think it was a smart mm-hmm. way to open it. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. Um, on that, actually, um, I really liked how they kind of balance the tornadoes with the Jonas character. Because, like, there's like Jonas isn't really that scary. Like, the tornadoes are super scary and jonas is just kind of like there to like 
more like drive the drama than like yeah. take attention away from the tornadoes. And I, I really like that because he could have been like, like he could have like sabotaged their truck or something like that, like stupid. But like, it's never like that. They're always going to get the tornado. That's what it's about. And the bad guy doesn't detract in any way. Yeah, it it definitely feels more like a competition as opposed to like, oh, he's evil and he wants to stop. It's like, no, they just have different ideals about how to do this. And his ideal just happens to be wrong. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I I did enjoy, though, because the big thing when uh, Bill Paxton comes back is she built those. The sensor machines, Dorothy. Dorothy, yeah. Where it's the little, like, circular sensors. And then you see his evil version of it has cube yeah. sensors instead. Yeah. <laughs> and they look way cooler. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's I like, do... gentlemen, to evil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Stacked nicely on in my tornado machine. <laughs> yeah. And I, I do like that it's like, this was written by Michael Kreiner. Like, oh, and here's how this fake machine works. I was like, oh yeah, it was written by Michael. <laughs> yeah. It even opens Real up like this. My favorite thing is there's a sticker on the Dorothy that kind of explains what the Dorothy does. And I yeah. was like, who is that for? <laughs> I know. <laughs> Wait, do we put the... it in the tornado or? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like the scientists need like a little photo description to remind them or yeah. is it for the tornado because <laughs> nobody else is looking at this thing <laughs> yeah you're not selling this to the public <laughs> right i don't yeah but i that is one of my favorite things about michael Crichton. if he can fit like a marketing thing into it he will but yeah and i do like yeah i think now that i'm thinking about it i remember at the time they kind of pushed it a little bit because everything at the time was like from the creators of Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park was such yeah. a phenomenon. Yeah. And I think like it was funny because there was a time where if you said that this movie had anything to do with Michael Crichton, people just assumed that the special effects were going to be really good. Yeah. Even though he's a writer, he has like nothing to do with right. the special effects. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, but I like mean, nowadays when they go from the producers of, I'm like, that means nothing. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anybody. Yeah. But, and I did read that one of the trivia things that I read was that uh, John DePont, he, uh, one of the reasons he made, because he's mostly a cinematographer and he's still right. mostly a cinematographer today. Um, yeah. But one of the reasons he wanted to make this movie was because of Jurassic Park, he kind of saw that we were moving more towards CGI and he wanted to make mm-hmm. one last movie that had practical effects. Yeah. Which is crazy because so much of this movie is CGI. Yeah. yeah like it's so like, like there's definitely very obvious like? CGI parts. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and I think that's like important that it's a pretty good mix of CGI and like obviously the tornado is always CGI. Yeah. But like when shit's falling on the car or like mm-hmm. the famous like where's my truck scene. Yeah. Yeah. And they just. They just dropped the truck. Out of the air. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is cool. Like I like. I know. I didn't ever realize until everything was CGI, like how important it was to see like a real truck crash, mm-hmm. you know, cause they like a, a car will never crash the same way. So, but a CGI car will always crash the same way. So it's always cool right. to see like a truck that they just like, Oh yeah, just drop it from the sky. It'll be cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good scene. That's <laughs> And then Philip Seymour Hoffman's just like, you dodged the truck. Yeah. It's just like and shaking was, with fear. That, that was the scene where I told Jamie Gertz, who plays the fiance, Melissa is her name. I was like, you need yeah. to get out of there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it should have been yeah. a hard no, yeah. 
Bill Paxton like watches <laughs> yeah. her crash a tr- or watches her dodge the old truck, and then just kind of goes up to her like, "Hey, are you okay?" It's like obviously yeah. not. You don't need to ask yeah. that first question. <laughs> I'm shaking and crying. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I will continue to do so for the next like two hours. Yeah, like of course not. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I thought that was funny, and I do kind of like how it is that thing. Oh, you, one of the other things I wanted to mention is another like little bit that I don't think I noticed as a kid is that they kind of they always make sure to emphasize like the not just the big force that storms do, but like the little force. Like there's a scene, there's the first scene where um where they're chasing the truck and they're like in the ditch, like riding down it. And Bill Paxton is like trying to grab something and he turns to ta- say something to Helen Hunt and his face just slams into the back of the truck. And it's like, yeah, sometimes when you're in a storm, it's like sometimes it's not like the huge puddle that you have to get into. It's like the little tiny thing that you slip on. Right. And I really like that they really played up that aspect of like, yeah, like sometimes you don't realize how dangerous a storm is until you're face plant into the back of a truck. Right. Because you can't prepare for that. Like there's no testing center for like being in the middle of a tornado. Like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Because I mean, even like speaking. Scary. Yeah, I think like, yeah, even speaking of like Titanic, it's not like James Cameron loves to show like the big effects of it where it's like, yeah, then the ship's going to go up and everyone's going to slide down. But this one is like, yeah. oh, yeah, but sometimes when you're right in the back of the truck, you're going to lose your footing just because the truck is bouncing up and down. And like, there's no there's nothing to hold on to, really. Or like right. uh, when they're when they're in that storm shelter, when like a random like what is it like a frisbee or something just nicks a guy's head and almost kills oh. him it's like oh yeah like a random yeah. rock would kill you by going 50 yeah. miles an hour or, like through your body yeah 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 <laughs> and so yeah, I, and... yeah yeah i think that that like... that was cool like it kind of reminded me a little bit of gravity where the scariest things in gravity weren't like the mm. big i can't the hold degree. on it was like oh yeah the little you could just let go and then you're fucked because of how space moves the lack of gravity works yeah yeah, yeah the vastness of space <laughs> movies called gravity should have called it not enough gravity am i right yeah, yeah gravity's oh, what they needed get some weight. <laughs> yeah this movie's not called perfect day of weather <laughs> yeah i know what i'm getting into <laughs> oh man also i don't even know what to say about this but i do like the line where uh bill paxton is like he's in for the He's in it for the money, not the science. And I was like, yeah, me yeah. too, Bill Paxton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's what I've been in all my jobs for, the money, every single time. I'm never in it for the any other goals. Yeah. yeah it's funny, that. too. When I uh, when I first watched this movie as a kid, I thought this was like a smart adult movie because it didn't have any like aliens or monsters in it. But this movie totally. has so many lines like, killing yourself won't bring your dad back. <laughs> or yeah. like, it's coming right like, for oh. us. It's already here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just like, oh, okay, yourself. this yeah. is as dumb as any movie I liked as a kid. I, I, I like that yeah. about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, this, uh, this, it's not coming, it's already here. It's always my favorite line in any movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like um, at one point, one of the guys, like part of the team, like walks away when they first get on like their first run and he's just like it's fatty time and it's like what is fatty time like what the hell well man early on when uh when bill paxton first gets there and his fiance is being aggressively hit on by philip seymour hoffman's character 
And oh yeah, he keeps describing the suck zone. Suck zone. <laughs> I was like, oh man, the suck zone would have been such a better podcast name than the Bomb Squad. But oh yeah, I guess it's yeah, too late sure. now. <laughs> also, I feel like if we if we have our voices and we were called the Suck Zone, people would think that our podcast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there would be different ideas about what this podcast. Maybe, like. I mean, that's, yeah. you do have a connotation there, but. Speaking of that scene where Philip Seymour Hoffman is aggressively hitting on Jamie Gertz, I don't know if you guys noticed this, and this is the first time I've ever noticed this. Um, there's a scene where Helen Hunt and Bill Paxton, like right after that, are arguing, and Philip Seymour Hoffman is bringing the girlfriend to them, and they're holding hands. Yeah. In the background, oh. why is he holding her hand? <laughs> I didn't notice that. Yeah, I was like, I've never noticed it before, and I thought it was so funny. I was like, it's like, oh, and man. he's like leading her like you lead a small child. Yeah. <laughs> As if like the ground is slippery. I don't know. Yeah, it even is... though at that point, yeah. there is, there's just a tornado coming, but it's not there yet. <laughs> I thought that was so funny. Yeah. Man, can we also talk about it? Not just Philip Seymour Hoffman's like the main one. But the entire Motley crew of like two line storm chasers who were like, oh yeah, I remember. Yeah. Like it's Cameron from uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off is yeah. one of them. Yeah, the yeah. curly haired guy from the show Boston Public. I don't know his name. Yeah, oh, yeah, Joey yeah. Joey Slotnick. The, yeah. the 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 rat face oh, wow. guy who was in everything in the nineties, playing like either a, oh, a nerd or Jeremy a Davies. Yeah, Jeremy Davis. Yeah. I was like, I didn't even oh, know Jeremy oh, oh, oh. Davis was working at the time. <laughs> the yeah. um, and on the it's evil guys, um, on Carrie L's like evil team, there's the eyebrows guy who was in Mulholland Drive, who describes his dream, then his dream kills him. Anyone yeah, who's seen yeah. Mulholland Drive knows what I'm talking. About. Yeah, yeah. I did. I did think it was interesting how, and again, like just going back to blockbusters of the of of the last years of yesteryear um it is funny like yeah every single member is like oh i've seen that face before kind of character and yeah like i think it helps like oh these this guy doesn't have to be attached to 18 more miss marvel movies so he can show up and just do his (laughs) thing but yeah i did think like every single person on the crew is like oh yeah that guy's from something Mm mm-hmm yeah, yeah, like that. The guy just Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was like, "Wait, is that the guy from Terminator and Aliens and the Predator Part 2? Oh yeah, that one. <laughs> Frailty. Yeah, is that the guy from Frailty? Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I think the crew also does a good job because they kind of, even though they all have one line, they do feel like a crew. Yeah. Yeah, oh, and like something they, else about them too is like they never lose their morale. Like they're always just like so jacked. So they never have like that scene where they're like, "Come on, guys, we got to pull it together." Like they're always just down, no matter how many of them have just died. Yeah. Like, let's go back <laughs> yeah. to it, guys. Yeah, it's like that guy's bleeding from his head. I think he needs to take a day off at least. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh no. Put him in. Yeah, in a, in a way, it kind of reminded me of uh, William. I don't know if you saw the documentary Free Solo, where. Uh-uh. The, the guy does free free climbing with no equipment and like in that entire community they all kept dying because of course you're gonna die if you climb mountains with no yeah. equipment and his girlfriend's <laughs> like yeah. I mean everyone's gonna die and they're like 
yeah, I mean, obviously we're going to die, but you know, whatever. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's what fine. am I going to do? Not do this with my life? And that's what the whole crew <laughs> felt like in this. It's like, what am I just not going to drive in a tornado? You know, for yeah, right. But I, and I do. I your life expectancy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I almost appreciate that because it makes it seem like, yeah, why would they be? Because you see those movies like again in like if you look at Jurassic Park, like there's always that character who like, oh, I've been training with this raptor my whole time and then i'm gonna be surprised by the standard things that the raptor does it's like well why would you right you're at in this that point yeah like you should know by this point that they're gonna they're gonna act like this and i feel like yeah if you were chasing tornadoes for like 10 years you're probably not gonna be that too worried if a tornado shows up because that's literally what you're looking for right right yeah exactly that was cool yeah yeah, I do. I did like them, and I, you know, what? I like Helen Hunt. I wonder why. Like, she's she was a huge star at the time. Yeah, and she's yeah, kind she of like that show she was in. Mad about uh, you. mad about you. Yeah, yeah. I did like yeah. that as a kid. I don't remember much about it, but yeah, yeah. She's an entertaining lady. She's really good. Yeah, and I, you know what? I think like it's kind of funny because I mean, mad about you, obviously, but in almost every role she took, she was playing. A different type like in this one she's playing like a kind of thrill seeking like she's like there's a point where she, like bill paxton literally has to pull her from the storm or she's gonna like kill herself yeah yeah and like it's just you would not expect someone who looks like your aunt to <laughs> yeah <laughs> to to play that role and she does a good job because she does like yeah. she looks very like midwest mom totally and yeah. i totally believe that she's a storm chaser like with all that said like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, like she's from there. Oklahoma in the movie. Yeah, it feels that way. Yeah, it's authentic. Yeah, feeling. and I think that's what I was trying to get at. Is that like even though she doesn't look it, like she's acting so well that you believe it. Yeah, and also that the little girl that played her, like young Joe, was like departed level like child casting. Like when they show Matt Damon as a little kid and that like, yeah. his face, it's like <laughs> that kid looks just like him. Like same with this movie. Like really good casting on young. Uh, yeah she looks exactly the same which i thought the yeah. um i thought the beginning there was a missed opportunity because it says summer of june 6 1969 but they didn't play the song summer of 69 so yeah oops yeah that's the one the one misstep this movie i, I hope someone got fired over that <laughs> yeah. i need movies to ah. the soundtrack tell me exactly what's happening in the movie right please so. Like if if the song cocaine's not playing while someone does cocaine, then it's like what, what, what are they even doing? doing? Yeah, yeah. It's like why yeah. am I even watching Lord of War? <laughs> yeah, snorting all this sugar. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's it's something strange about this movie because they were written by different people, but they were directed by the same guy. Um, this movie and Speed, both yeah. directed by John Devon, and they're both about a couple who's like real attraction is being in like high stakes adrenaline situations yeah oh yeah totally and, uh, yeah it's like oh what a, what a weird like that he's attached to those projects separately written by other people yeah and it's yeah. weird because it does feel like speed but i can't tell you why it does but uh yeah i thought that was strange i think this is a much yeah. better movie than speed though i haven't seen speed in a long time yeah, I, I don't. I can't say that because I haven't seen Speed in forever. But I don't remember liking Speed that much. I mean, I remember thinking it was all right, but yeah, this one yeah. definitely takes the upper hand. It's kind of like you know how once they hired uh, Keanu Reeves 
to be in the Matrix. They kind of rewrote it a little bit to cater to him. I feel yeah. like Speed, they didn't do that spot, and you always have to do that when you hire Keanu Reeves. Right. Totally, yeah. You can't yeah. just drop him in. He needs he needs a little bit of a rewrite. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you say <laughs> that, you also awesome. just saw Bram Stoker's Dracula, so... And that's literally oh, why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That we was could. 100%. Speaking of perfect accents. <laughs> yeah. I, I, the, my favorite thing about Brian Stoker's Dracula is that they, like, Stan Winston spent, like, years doing, like, the Wolfman and the Bat and the like the different monsters and the things. And then they're like, oh, just put some baby powder in, in Keanu Reeves' hair when he, we need his hair to turn white. It'll look yeah. fine. <laughs> It'll, it's definitely not what we do in middle school plays, you know. Right. <laughs> yeah, I loved it. Um, but yeah, I think it is funny that, and he also did The Haunting, which is... Oh, I just rewatched that, yeah. Yeah, and again, it does feel yeah, like, like there's like similar things, but they don't they don't really have anything in common. Yeah, yeah. Or, or am I just crazy? Or did you guys get the sense like, oh yeah, it does make sense that he made Speed when I was watching this. I mean, again, I haven't seen Speed in so long. I don't know for sure, but I don't know. It definitely has like that breakneck rhythm the whole time. Yeah. And, like, what were you really, saying, William? Like large. It's like you, like his his pacing is always kind of like the same. Like it never really goes into like being super dramatic with any of the characters and like the emphasis is more like on the action for sure yeah but i guess you can say that about a lot of people i don't know if that'd be exclusive well and also like yeah now that you've kind of started us on that thread yeah like he always has them none Mm -hmm. of them take place over longer than like 24 hours you know yeah like the haunting's a night this one is about 24 hours and then uh speed i think is only over isn't it like 90 minutes or something it's yeah, like it's like a day because at the end it's like the sun's kind of going down as they're getting to the airport but it's oh yeah it's to a be few under 90 hours miles. yeah 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 and then he also like he kind of just starts the action and then you don't ever really stop you just keep going right a lot of momentum being built yeah. The whole time. yeah and he also manages to raise the stakes without like adding in new information like in this one like yeah it's a more dangerous tornado but it's still just a tornado it's not like a super tornado or anything yeah and it's like the desperation of like wanting to get dorothy like keeps on getting like tossed up and up and up yeah like that was really good like, yeah i think one, that's like, good in the forefront yeah doesn't doesn't get ahead of itself and too much they, they give a natural yeah. uh countdown because they only have four dorothy's to use right yeah, yeah. totally and so you know exactly like where they are in terms of the story, just based on how many Dorothy's they have left. Right. They're not going to end up yeah. be like, "Oh, I'm glad we have those backups who we don't need." Oof. Yeah. They're like, yeah. "Oh, <laughs> these these other three Dorothy's are for next time, I guess." Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, but they really do a great job of like, just like like the first time they ever even show a tornado, like besides the very first scene, like when they see like that one like come down from the clouds, like yeah. It, they really make it like like that this the music is just like a little like a very quiet choir that's like barely singing and it just seems like otherworldly like when this like tornado comes down and it's just and then also at the end whenever they're they finally see like the baby tornado inside the big tornado it was like i remember being a kid and i felt like i just seemed like a god or like <laughs> it, just, it felt like so profound i was just like yeah. holy shit and like it's just <laughs> everything they want and everything they needed it was just it's just i don't know i remember that being really i don't know 
haunting. Yeah. And I think like another, like to me, the scariest scene that I don't think I was that scared of when I was a kid was the night tornado. Because it's like one of those things where it's like, of course there'd be tornadoes at night. But like to think about the repercussions, like where they're just like, he kind of walks out behind the movie theater and then you just see a lightning and you see the funnel for like a second and then it goes back to black and it's like, oh shit. Yeah. yeah, dude. That is horrifying. That, that theater scene is so scary, yeah. Like, yeah. the screen's just getting ripped. It's like Jack Nicholson's, like, wailing <laughs> on the door. Yeah. Like, that, was, that, was actually, that was the first Kubrick footage that I ever saw in my whole life. Um, really? The shining scene in Twister. Was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's probably mine, too, to be honest. Yeah. I, oh, no, I saw Barry Lyndon when I was, like, five, I guess. <laughs> You're like, I, oh, wow. I watched Lolita <laughs> when I was three years old. Yeah, so. but, you know what? The, the themes didn't match the book, but I think that they're more yeah. impactful. <laughs> anyway, time sense. for Muppet we'll Babies. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. 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 And that's also like, I, and I don't know why I t- attached myself to that line so much of the coffee, because oh, the eight coffees I did, yeah. I did yeah. be like, oh, that yeah. would be such a hassle as soon as she said it. Yeah. See, I she thought the opposite. I'm like, more. oh, at this point, every single person, like, people are just so used to like having to make a million coffees. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That I don't think she would notice, but yeah, that, where she's like, that's a lot of coffees. In that scene too, yeah. I did think at the time, and I was like, man. There was like three tornadoes that day, and everyone's just at the drive-in theater that night. But I was like, "Well, with COVID, that's kind of how people act now." So, <laughs> just yeah, yeah. <laughs> they just pretend the disaster doesn't exist if it inconveniences right, them. Right, right. So, yeah. There's always still shining. Yeah, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, it's and then, uh, I think my favorite scene in the whole movie is the scene whenever um, they first meet Jonas. This is kind of a jump out of nowhere, but. Uh, <laughs> The the amount of times that Bill Paxton says "you son of a bitch," yeah, is like one of my most favorite things, like <laughs> maybe ever. And they, and they, I think it's the same like audio clip, and it just goes "you son of a bitch," yeah. "you son of a bitch." <laughs> and I love that so much. And like, so yeah, much. I do like that. Every, like that scene doesn't really even end because he keeps jumping at him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then even at the end, like they've kind of walked around, and then. Because I think it's I think it's memorable because they keep they're pretty much just saying the same thing to each other. Because yeah. Jonas keeps going like, "Oh, that's my design," and he's like, "You sort of yeah." And even at the end, he's like, "Sorry, it's mine." Yeah, and then Bill Paxton actually punches the air when he walks away. Yeah. <laughs> that's just, like, just to show how mad he is. Yeah, yeah, so pissed off. He believes he's in that, the wind. Yeah. yeah, I do it for the wind, baby. Yeah, I thought that was funny. Yeah, I you know and like that is another Crichton trope is the competing the competing alternate like company that's doing the same research that you're doing. Right, always like some corporate bullshit. Yeah, and he always kind of adds them in, but then he doesn't really like really follow through. I think this is the one that he follows through the most out of all of them. Yeah, because like in Jurassic Park, you see Nedry steal the can, but then you don't ever really see that company again. In the books you do, but right. not in the movie. That was also, that was, yeah. uh, they kind of do that in timeline where they're like, uh, this executive of the time machine wants it to be for commercial purposes. It's like, well, yeah, what else would it be for? I don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, my favorite is in Congo. Yeah. My favorite is in Congo where they're like, 
wait, you want these diamonds for profits? It's like, yeah, it's a diamond. <laughs> yeah, it's like, what yeah. What was the expedition about to you before this moment? I don't know. <laughs> what did you think? <laughs> yeah. What, what do you think I was going to do with these diamonds? They should all be in a museum. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that was said in so many 90s movies. Was, this should be in a museum. Like, yeah. I wonder how many times that was said. There was a big emphasis on science over profits, which yeah. apparently is no longer the case. <laughs> no one is even <laughs> pretending that's that's the case anymore. But yeah, yeah. we all saw the movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Men in Black, it's for profit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> killing aliens. Also, yeah, and also Jonah's scene. It, it again, it emphasizes like the randomness of the fires where he dies because. Yeah. It's like they're trying to like Bill Paxton's like no you need to get away because the the tornado's gonna shift and they've already kind of shown that Jonah like doesn't realize when the tornado's gonna shift and it's constantly like turning on him and this yeah. time it turns towards him but even before because like his driver's like we need to get out of here and Jonah's like no profits and then like yeah. a huge bar just goes through the window and it like crushes <laughs> yeah. that guy's face. I know. Yeah, like impales it. him. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It kind of Crazy. reminds me of like, um, I remember the discourse around the Lost World where that one, like the babysitter is like, she gets picked up by the by the pterodactyl and then they drop her in the water and then like the other thing grabs her and the pterodactyl and eats them both. And I remember people were yeah. like, she didn't deserve that. It's like, yeah, but in like disaster movies, no one ever deserves what happens to him and they always die see I think the reason it was so noticeable in that movie is she's the only person to die that way like that movie has a weirdly low body count and she gets the worst by far you know yeah yeah she she really does but oh and I also found out and I wanted to see what you guys thought about this apparently the original cut was rated R and there was a lot more cursing especially from Philip Seymour Hoffman. And also a lot of the deaths were way more grisly. But I wonder, like, I don't know. Because when I was watching, I was like, you know what? This is like the perfect PG-13 movie. Totally, yeah. So I don't know what really making it rated R would have, if it would have helped. Having Carrie Ells go like, fuck, as he goes into the (laughs) twister. It's like, I don't don't (laughs) need that. That's okay. I gotta... I gotta get on the phone with my fucking clients because I'm a fucking therapist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you didn't marry your cock. <laughs> okay, not just your cock. Right. Yeah, that's that's the only... It was just Jamie Gers- cursing. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I thought yeah, that was that, interesting. I, that oh, is interesting. Like, normally, I, I would... You know, that's all you want. It's just more cursing and more violence. But yeah, yeah. And I, and I think I, I noticed it so much because I was like... Oh no! This movie does not need to be rated R at all. And I'm like the rated R yeah. guy. I made oh, all three of my movies rated R for literally no reason. I love rated R. Yeah. Like, holy shit! So yeah, I thought that was real though. Yeah, yeah, that is interesting. I wonder how many other movies that. I also, I remember. I think The Haunting was also supposed to be rated R when it first came out, and then they changed it like right before it got to theaters or something like that. Yeah, so like I think how many so blockbusters too. that happened too in the '90s in general. Yeah, I think like, and that I think that's the thing is that again to show the difference is that now it's almost like a, like Deadpool is a major story because it's rated R and also a blockbuster. Mm-hmm. Right. But back yeah. in the point, like, or back in the day, most blockbusters were rated R. If you consider yeah. what blockbusters were, like Bad Boys and Lethal Weapon and Die Hard and stuff. Yeah, like Tombstone, the rated R. Yeah, 
So like, yeah, now back then it was like more of, oh, this is PG-13, but it's, I mean, this was made rated R, but we're toning it down. And now with yeah. like the Josh, we are Zack Snyder, like making Justice League rated R. It's like, oh, now we've gone, we've gone the opposite. The reverse. Or like you could tell, I don't know if you both saw Harley Quinn, but you're like, this would have been PG-13 if you took out like two violent scenes and one person saying fuck. Like, it's just such a weird, like. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why even do it? You're trying to like be like, oh, no, this is a real movie. It's rated R. It's like, is it though? It's like clearly a PG-13 yeah. movie. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. strange yeah, also it's one of those yeah. i you don't think about how old this movie is but it was one of the first i think it was the first dvd release ever like for sale it's like god really oh that's that's oh, such a strange like wow. yeah because it was first released on laser disc and then it was released on dvd shortly after as the first dvd yeah see i think a lot of oh, us yeah. consider the matrix the first dvd because that's when dvd yeah. got affordable <laughs> yeah yeah because I got the Matrix yeah. for free with my DVD player, and I was like, it was like a hundred and fifty oh, nice. bucks, and I was like, oh man, these things are—they're giving these away. Yeah. <laughs> and now, like a DVD player is like ten dollars. Yeah, yeah. If not just on the side of the road. <laughs> yeah. If it's not just like, <laughs> you, do you mean a PlayStation Four? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I—that was one of my favorite things about watching it again—is not just like the the Bill Paxton of it all, but. Uh, yeah. Just like seeing, like kind of getting this time capsule into how like these big budget movies were back then. And I think like, because there's a, more of an emphasis on just making a good story as opposed to, and I don't mean to be shitting on blockbuster movies right now, Hollywood, but um, sure. just like the emphasis was more, was less noticeable as far as like making it for all audiences. And it was just like, oh, we're just making a good, fun movie so that everyone yeah. can enjoy it, you know? Right. Yeah, yeah, it's like they all so they're like all like way more tested, cinematic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely more cinematic. Yeah, like they're it, it's a silly movie, like inherently in a way. Like they're not trying to be like super realistic. Like everything I could in like the early two thousands, right? Like everything got really realistic all of a sudden. And like this was back whenever things were still like like Zorro could jump off of a ledge and cut a Z into someone's cheek and you're like, right. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I think it was like, yeah, because you look oh go ahead. Oh, that, that's, yeah, it just, that's, I can't remember that, like, happening anymore. And kind of taking it as seriously as you would have in, like, the 90s. Right. And I think, like, I kind of prefer that time period. Because I remember, like, when Midsommar came out. And, like, oh, yeah. I love that that guy gets put into a barrack cost. Spoilers for Midsommar. I love that they put him into a barrack. <laughs> William, have you seen it? Definitely not saying Yeah, right. yeah, for sure. I, I mean... Yeah, Midsommar. <laughs> I enjoyed Midsommar <laughs> because, yeah. I, I mean, Very I liked when they put matter. him into a bear costume and set him on fire. And I remember, like, yeah. after Twitter, or, like, on Twitter, they were like, oh, you like that? You think he deserved it? It's like, I think a fictional character in a fictional world <laughs> got his come yeah. weapons. If it happened to, like, a friend of mine, I'd be like, that's horrifying. <laughs> but this isn't a real yeah. movie. Yeah, some... People walked off of a ledge. And <laughs> did you see Hereditary? Like, what do you think? Yeah, like I don't know. It's just it's just a weird way of how we view things, and I guess it's better because we're a little bit more empathetic, I guess, with characters. But also, like, sure. hey, man, sometimes someone's got to get a steel beam to his face, and you only have one yeah. character left, so it's like, gonna be the driver. What kind of helps it <laughs> yeah. too? Like, what what helps like place it in that time period is I haven't really talked about it much, but I love Bill Paxton. And I don't think he could be a leading man in a movie today because he has this like 
silliness, but not like the Disney oh. like buff guy silliness. You know what I mean? Like he kind of feels yeah, like he see, he matches the tone of this movie in a way that like a lot of like modern like movies are just like oh just put a guy up there and have him like say jokes. You know? Yeah, yeah. and I kind of I feel like agree. yeah, I kind of feel like with him. He kind of reminds me of Harrison Ford in that they kind of play the same role, but it's like this everyman, except the difference is, is that Bill Paxton actually looks like an everyman and Will, and Harrison right. Ford looks like the hottest man alive. Oh, it's like he's like vulnerable. Like he's like more vulnerable as like than Harrison Ford. Like he's like yeah. everyman the way that like, he's actually kind of afraid of dying, even if he's also kind of into it at the same time. But like his jokes are always kind of like, oh no, like he's, He's not invulnerable to, like, harm, you know? He's a, yeah. He feels pain. Yeah, I kind of feel like he is, like, that dad where he's he doesn't take it too seriously, but once he has to take it seriously, like, that's it. Show's over, you know? Right. Totally. Yeah, yeah I think... Because I, I was... Oh, it was supposed to be Tom Hanks originally. Oh, And weird. Tom Hanks had actually gotten wardrobe fitted and everything, and then he was like, you know what? I just don't think this role is right for me. And he had just done Apollo 13... So he actually campaigned yeah. for Bill Paxton to get it. That's why Bill Paxton is a star. Oh, nice. And I don't huh. think that Tom Hanks... I mean, Tom Hanks is great, of course, but I don't think he could have pulled sure. it off as well as Bill Paxton. Yeah, I don't think so either. You see, yeah, it's, have, a, it's a different kind of charisma. Yeah. 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 You can't hurt Tom Hanks. He's like... Yeah. You also feel he like... Died, he, Ryan. he didn't really die. Yeah. <laughs> you always feel safe with Tom Hanks, and I think you need that totally. kind of like... Oh, I don't think Bill Paxton knows what he's doing right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He, he might screw yeah. this up. Yeah. yeah. We, we might right. both die. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly it. That's exactly right. This it's is true. my um we'll never talk about Titanic on this podcast because it's not forgotten or underappreciated. <laughs> but um right. <laughs> my hot take for Titanic is I think the Bill Paxton part is the best part of Titanic, that he's this like totally this treasure hunter who's like listening to an old woman and i was like oh see i mean the movie's good other than that but like the fact that that's the framing device like i was like oh that's so perfect like he's so good at like beginning and ending this movie right well now that everyone's like how would i look as bill paxton i know i'll make titanic and that's me (laughs) yeah (laughs) he's totally anti-earrings and stuff he's like Oh, I know for real. <laughs> I love it. And I do. I also like that James Cameron was like making this movie, and he's like, "Okay, but where does Bill Paxton go?" Yes. <laughs> you know, yeah. he's like he can't be fucking like, the Billy Zay role. He's too. He's too likable. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, also, now that we're here, I do like. I've only seen Titanic once, but yeah. I have seen the oh, alternate what? ending where the old lady like throws it into the ocean and then Bill Paxton like smiles and then they start dancing. I've seen that like a million times. Yeah. There's like an alternate ending where she throws it into the ocean. He like holds it hostage where she's like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. They're like, no. Yeah. It's so funny. He's like trying to talk her down and she throws it. And then he like looks back at this, at the, he literally looks at the camera, smiles and then kind of laughs. And then he looks at the daughter and he goes, would you like to dance? <laughs> oh my god. They start dancing and that's how the movie ends. Oh, that's so awesome. And I, I just I just want to be in the screening room where 
James Cameron is showing that ending, and Fox is like, "Are you yeah. fucking insane?" What is this? They also had because they had the big fat guy to crew go. That really sucks, lady. As she throws it, and I, I like that line delivery is like burned into my mind. Yeah, it's oh, so man. amazing. I have yeah. to see this. So good. Well, I've actually also only seen Titanic once, and it was like three years ago. Like it was very recently. Oh whoa! I know it was one of those like I just never watched. I was like, oh okay, I'll watch this at like on a Sunday randomly in bed. Yeah. So I I actually just watched it like not that long ago. It was on streaming on Stars, I think, and we watched it and like I was solidly entertained the entire time. Yeah, it's a good. I kind of feel like that one. The same way I feel about Avatar, where I'm like, if I watch it at my house, will it ruin the experience of having seen it in theaters? Yeah. Because it's such a like intense film. One set. Have you not seen Avatar at your house? No, I've never seen it. I saw it like once with my parents, and then once with Abby, and then that's it. Uh, it looks like we got cut off for a second, guys. But you know, after <laughs> all, nowhere to cut back in. Um, yeah. You know, I think like overall, especially if you're younger, I think this movie would be perfect to watch, like to see how blockbusters used to be because even if you see like the matrix it feels very like um like the matrix feels like a big grand movie and i think that's kind of the start yeah. of superhero movies whether they want to admit it or not but um yeah that's, that's the point yeah but i think this one is like oh this is what big blockbuster movies were at the time because it is big it's mm-hmm. grand but it's also like it's not timeless it's, in that way but it's still good but you're like oh this is definitely of the 90s yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it's very human yeah. It's very human in a way a lot of movies aren't. Yeah. 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 I would agree. So yeah. Characters I think, are all pretty solid. Yeah, I think it's worth watching. I mean, it was on HBO Max. Uh, mm-hmm. I think it leaves this month, so check it out soon, but it's always kind of on HBO. Oh yeah, Max. shout out. I don't do you guys yeah. did you guys watch this on P do you have PS4s? No, I have a Google Chrome. I do have one, but I didn't watch it on um, yeah. oh, I, 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 the HBO Max it. on the PS4 is absolute dog shit. Because I searched for T. And then it showed me everything with V in the title. And I searched for TW and it's like, no results. Go back. I'm like, why? <laughs> what are you doing to like me? I had yeah. to find action movies and scroll down to Twister and hope that that's what the genre was considered. It's like, and then I typed that's in so Twister weird. and it showed up for a second and it disappeared. And it said, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> you didn't yeah. say the magic <laughs> word. Yeah. It, was, yeah. it was algae rhythm so. from Space Jam Part <laughs> HBO Max. Oh my God. Fix, your, <laughs> fix your app. It's worse than Disney+. Well, Plus. But also, yeah. I feel like you can just Comcast from HBO Max. I thought I was like too. from my phone. I was going to do it, but it's like I, I begrudgingly didn't want to have to do that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. HBO Max, get your shit together so that people can enjoy Twister. Yeah, please. Also, it was funny because you mentioned Twister, and I was like, oh man, is Twister even on streaming? And then I like looked it up, and I was like, oh, not only is it on streaming, but I already had it on my watch list on HBO Max. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so I was ready to go. How but weird yeah, is it so, that yeah. you, you reference Jurassic World Lost Kingdom like four times in this podcast, by the way? It's my favorite one. You're I like, I like when a movie starts in a park and ends in a haunted mansion. That's, that's always <laughs> my favorite. I was like, my favorite I mean, type. Can you beat that? My favorite type of movies are movies that start really strong and get worse every single time. <laughs> every, yeah, every <laughs> second. I actually speaking like the which, second half. Of the speaking world, of which, Borderland and <laughs> 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 the last ones are real. Watching a whole bunch, yeah. 
just kidding, guys. They, they get better as the movie progresses. But they, yeah, they, watch... they had their ups and downs, but they overall watch, get better. Watch Borderland. Watch um, the last ones, both on streaming and to buy yourself a copy. Listen to Williams' music. And see Williams mm-hmm. editing, which is less noticeable, thankfully. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, also, it is also funny before we go that William is, uh, you did the music and you helped edit on the empty space. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like our Infinity War, where we've just brought all the powers together. I know. Now things are disappearing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now half my salary disappeared. Um, yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so guys, check us out. <laughs> William, thank you for coming on and including our summer of guests. William, if do you, if anyone wants to find you, where should they go? Or do you want to pimp your social media? I don't know if you're not as social media as I am, but. Yeah, uh, if you want to find me in the future, I'll be on the um, Round Rock Independent School District website. Um, <laughs> do you want to go to <laughs> rate my teacher about and me. Give, him a, give him a rating? After yeah. If you like, yeah, if you <laughs> like expected. William's. So if you like William's music, go to write my teacher and put great job. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's about all I got at this point. I got an Instagram, but it's mostly just pictures of my cat. Right, right, right. It's cool. Yeah, yeah every so time no there's never it's if, private. If I ever see a picture of you, I'm like, oh, Leslie posted a new picture. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But cool. Well, thank you guys for joining us. Hopefully you go check out oh. Twister and hopefully you go check out Borderland and the last ones. Um and we'll see you guys. Next See time. you next time on the suck zone. We're changing it yeah. officially. It does. <laughs> it got it sounds sexual, even when I said it like that. Yeah, Jesus. You, you put too much emphasis. I'm on like the suck, the suck zone. Suck. Yeah. Catch us next time as on catch these two dirty boys next time on the suck zone. <laughs> fuck zone. Two minute ruin. We're gonna get sloppy. Uh, anyway, this this. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see you guys next time. Thanks for coming.